Coach Norvell is very creative. He's a guy that we got to see a little bit during the North Carolina games. He'll do everything he can to kind of keep the momentum going and get down the field. I'm extremely excited as just like a college football fan to see how Norvell is going to use a lot of these parts on offense, definitely with having these two quarterbacks out there. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this awesome Thursday evening. We're well a little bit into camp here in Tallahassee, even though the guys are over in Jacksonville uh, for another day practicing. But, you know, we're into fall camp now. It feels good. It feels nice. Uh, we should have Dustin here with us soon, our lead writer and editor, up with me right now as our lead COVID sickness partner with Nate Greer, lead recruiting insider, and down below is Austin Vizi, lead basketball writer at NoelGameDate.com. Gentlemen, good evening. We have football. I know you're dealing with COVID right now, Nate, but it will get better. But at least we do have football, and you can have that on the TV screen for the next couple of weeks. Finally. <laughs> Nate's lost all of his energy. It hits hard at night. I do agree. It does hit very hard. At like 5 o'clock, it's like time for bed. So Nate's still yeah. hanging with us strong. Still better than Dustin somehow. Uh, th- that shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah, no, that's not too shocking there. No, no. VZ, what's up? Uh, at least Nate's getting another way before Florida State football season. That is true. You get it done before you head down mm-hmm. here or up here to come hang out with us and tailgate and I outdo you and play you in Pong. So that's going to be perfect. You're just getting out of the way before you get into the 80,000 in the same area. <laughs> See, Nate's too tired to even talk trash. That's when you know this is a sickness that really does take down the almighties. He's not even talking trash. He didn't even come in and say, hey, pieces of you know what like he just came in and just hasn't barely said more than five words so hard to blame him COVID COVID really does suck but uh, gentlemen before we get started we got some pretty cool news that we'll share later on in the episode Uh, got some things that we uh, worked with and uh, we'll be announcing that just later on in the episode we also do have former Noel 2013 Orange Bowl MVP Lonnie Pryor joining us uh, later this evening at 9 p.m. So we're very, very excited about having him on. He was on our Renegade Roundup last year, and so he's hopping on here. He's got a great relationship with Nate, too. So it should be a good conversation to talk about his career at FSU, his relationship with Bobby Bowden, and also along with his thoughts on, you know, 
Florida State and, and the future right now under Mike Norvell. So got a jam-packed pod here. We'll try to run through it quick for you guys uh, before Lonnie jumps in here. Before we get started, you guys can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, anywhere. If you're on YouTube, feel free to hit that like button um, and hit subscribe. We're uploading videos almost daily now, but uh, definitely appreciate everybody listening in. Let's get into some fall camp goodies. So Florida State is over at uh, the UNF right now in Jacksonville practicing. Uh, first thoughts on that from you guys, because I think it's pretty unique. I, as a player, would like it. Kind of resets me. Kind of gets me away from distractions in town, uh, and kind of puts me in like a you know makes you think a little bit more. Uh, I, I like the move, but they're over there for two days, and then they, when they come back on Saturday, they will hold a their first scrimmage of fall camp. But I like the idea. Um, to me, I'm I'm all about it. And Jacksonville is just two hour drive. Just jump over there and practice a little bit, and uh, seems like a good idea. That's good for the staff as well. You get to make more relationships with you know the high school coaches in the area, the boosters in the area. You know, I think Jacksonville is a hotbed, but it's mainly been a hotbed for Florida in the past. You know, a lot of Florida fans, huge fan base there. Makes sense for Florida State to try and take advantage of some of that. Um, but I agree. Get away from Tallahassee for a little bit. Um, kind of gets you in the mood for you know what's coming in the season, where you know you're away from town, away from Tallahassee for a couple of days. Um, I think it's a good idea. It's Norvell being being on his being on top of his game, like always, trying to take care of business. Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter to me either way because we saw it with uh, with Tagger IMG. Um, it it, it, it has a good purpose, like like Austin said, with uh, getting out there with the local coaches and being able to meet outside of you know the, the facility. But you know, I, I I just need this team to produce on the field, so that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, two different coaches, in my opinion, as well, we know. Sure. But you know, one's detail oriented; the other one has no idea what's going on. But you know, I, <laughs> it's a nice I, way I, of putting it too. I, I don't know if it's exactly, you know, has a major purpose other than, you know, a a uh, access for others in the area to see what see what's going on. So yeah, yeah, no. Just, well, just be careful with COVID right now. Yeah, well, you know, you were mentioning Austin, you know. Big Florida fan base, but you know FSU has a big time booster uh, team over there too. And you know, kind of just getting in there. You know, I know that I think Florida State had a speaker over there last night. I don't think it's just some crazy awesome move like oh, just big time game changer. But I do think it's nice. You kind of reset the shockers a little bit, get the team out of Tallahassee, and you get a feel for what it will be whenever you have away games. And I think that's probably a pivotal one. Definitely, since you have such a young team, getting that whole feel of traveling, getting ready for practice, and all that kind of stuff, I think will help maybe in the long run for a lot of this these younger guys. So, um, well, it'd be interested to see how it turns out, and you know, this is going to translate into a a scrimmage on Saturday, which we'll most likely talk about recapping uh, early next week, but uh, they'll practice tomorrow and then head back to Tallahassee. So it, it was interesting. They chose UNF instead of JU who actually has, you know, football fields, football facilities, whereas UNF doesn't have a football team. That was one interesting thing to me, but I don't think there's any harm done going a couple hours East to practice. Yeah. And no, I saw the field looked a little 
not so ready to use in some of the D-line drills. Odell Higgins was still chewing them out, but uh, the field wasn't really up to par for 330-pound defensive lineman hitting the sled. So uh, having to work with it, but, you know, a little uneasiness, and we'll see if that translates any. But, you know, pretty interesting move by Mike Norvell and the staff to get over there for a little bit. Uh, to start off, I think we'll start off with, you know, the quarterback competition. And, you know, this is something that we've talked about quite a bit on here. A majority on here thinks it's Mackenzie Milton that will be the start against Notre Dame. I think I'm the only one that still thinks that Jordan Travis uh, would will be the starter. Um, and so practically both quarterbacks have gone at each other. I think the last couple of days, Jordan Travis has been on a trend here. Uh, I know there was a video shared earlier today of him uh, hitting Cameron McDonald uh, right in the end zone there. And nice passes staying in the pocket there. But, you know, these quarterbacks, it's going to be interesting. It's still got a long ways to go. Fall camp has just started Florida State. Uh, people that cover Florida State along with fans, you know, we were so quick to jump to things and say, oh, that's quarterback. It's over. Competition's done. You know, this thing has got a long ways to go, no matter which quarterback did uh, really good this this first camp or this first week of camp, you know. So, but Jordan Travis seems to be improving. Kenny Dillingham has given him a lot of praise so far in camp. And you, you like to see that, you know, either way, if a Kinsey Milton's starting, you still got a Jordan Travis who's improving. And it's very nice to see. I mean, we're still three weeks away from Notre Dame, so it's not like we can make a judgment off of, you know, four days of practice or a week of practice, however you want to put it. Um, I, I think we all agree that Travis has – he has more knowledge of the playbook, more experience in the system. He's going to look better at times. I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. But I still think it'd be a shocker if Milton isn't starting against Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean – I'm looking at Jordan Travis. He did this in the spring, and it seems like it's just continuing through uh, fall camp. It doesn't shock me whatsoever. You know, and whenever Dustin and I were able to be there during those two uh, scrimmages, Jordan Travis was by far the leader and the best quarterback on the field. But then you look at it and go to spring game and in game time, you know, Mackenzie Milton performs very well. Like you said, Austin, JT knows this offense a lot better then McKinsey Belt, he has the experience. That's what's going to be a big time factor, I think, in this competition. But, you know, McKinsey Melton has the talent overall. So that's why it makes it very unique. And it also depends on how this offensive line is going to perform here because Patrick's mentioning here that uh, the, the, the footage released so far hasn't eased his worries about the O line. But I will say the only time the videos are going out are from drills. I don't ever give anything until full pads are on and offensive line are going against defensive line. We have heard in the last couple of days that the defensive line has been getting after the O-line quite a bit and, quite a bit and pressuring pretty well. I mean, you've got Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas has been a big-time uh, talk on the town, Austin, the last couple of days, and he showed up to camp very nice in shape. We didn't get to see him during the spring, but you know this, this cat coming in is ready to go, and he's putting some pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah, it was, it was not just you guys in the Batcave on the Discord talking about Kira Thomas. I've been seeing it everywhere. It's just He's been tearing it up. Extremely versatile D-lineman that I think we all have a lot of high hopes for, given just given how bad the D-line was last year. You bring a guy in that's got something to prove, chip on his, chip on his shoulder. And he's a big, strong guy. And he, he's going to be able to move around, play DM, play D-tackle on pass rushing situations. I think he's 
It's going to be really, really good for this team. Um, and this team needs pass rush, even if it comes from a guy like Kushni out of Alabama A&M. You know, this team needs pass rush. I think they're. I think we finally have some after not seeing any last year. It's going to change the whole dynamic of the defense too. You know, like we talked about a lot in here. You know, there's still talent in that back end, but when when you can't get to the quarterback three to five seconds, you know, after that point, you know, the receiver is going to get open. So, got to get to the quarterback, and it's going to just carry over to the to the whole defense. So. Doesn't surprise me to hear that Kier Thomas is doing well. You know, he's a experienced guy coming in and you know, Florida State needs that across the board. So for for me, it, it's hearing, you know, Kushney is you know better than advertised it, it is what stuff that I want to hear because you know Florida State needs that depth. I was happy when they gave him that scholarship. Cause you know, he was a while he's committed to Purdue since we were an offer. Mm-hmm. I was happy when we offered because he's an extremely athletic guy that, you know, he, he's got production. I, obviously, it's a different level of football, but he's got the production. And I think he's going to want to prove something, too. Um, I, I think he's going to be another very helpful piece for the DNs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited, too, about Fabian Lovett. He had a fantastic spring. I think he was the best defensive lineman of the spring, definitely in that interior spot. And I think it's going to be a whole 180 than – what we saw with uh, Marv's performance last year. I think he even played better last year. It's going to only get better for him too. And I think he's, he's going to be a monster there in that interior line, which, you know, if I'm relying more on somebody, I'd say I'm relying more on him rather than Robert Cooper. Cause I think I'm just not going to see much. I feel like we maybe have hit the ceiling. I don't know, you know, unless something changes this season, I don't know. I just feel like for right now, love it. I think, is kind of going to be a big time player there on, on that D line. And, you know, maybe not a lot of people are talking about him enough, but you know, you've got Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson coming out the side, which, you know, Florida state's going to take any ad- advantage of, of utilizing these guys because their the defensive line pressure on the quarterback has been piss poor the last couple of seasons. So uh, it, it's good to see that. And you've also got Derek McLendon and Krishan Fuller who both had good springs. So there's a lot to be excited about on that defensive end side. Going into a little bit more of some players, kind of some names that are they're coming out of this camp so far. Keyshawn Helton as being one of the most consistent wide receivers so far. Guys, this is a veteran wideout. He's been in FSU, I feel like, for 80 years, but uh, had a kind of up and down season last year and then came in into this fall camp and seems like he's 110% and, and feels good, which is a good sign. You know, it's Keyshawn Helton, Joshua Burrell has done a few things here and there. Uh, the QBs are taking advantage of him because they can just put the ball up to him. and He's going to go and grab it. He's a physical guy, but it's a nice sign to see that Keyshawn Helton, a veteran dude is, is jumping in here and, and really excelling in camp so far. We talked about it when we previewed the offense a couple of weeks ago, but, now that he's fully healthy, and not just healthy, but he's confident. You know, he's not having to worry about the mental aspects of the knee injury. He's able to go out there and ball. It wouldn't have surprised any of us if he was the best receiver. And that's what we're hearing. He's talented. He's obviously got the skill set. He just had to get over that mental hurdle from his knee injury two seasons ago. And I, I think he's finally getting there. And he's going to be important for the offense, not just him, Parchment. Um, Burrell, we've been talking about 
pretty much since he got to campus about how he's exceeding expectations. But I think we're all really excited for Helton. Yeah, and I'm also excited, you know, some other names uh, to note. Everybody wants to know about Andrew Parchment, but I think there's still some things for him learning the system and getting that down and really just continuing to build his chemistry with both uh, Jordan Travis along with Mackenzie Milton. And, you know, he's made some plays, explosive plays from what we've been told down the field, which is great, but still some things he's working on uh, with Coach Dugans and also Norvell and Dillingham which is going to be great. Uh, he's just the smaller guy, but the speed with him is the fun part. But you got to find, you got to get the ball down the field. And that's what these two quarterbacks are going to have to work on. McLean has also been a guy that's extremely impressive. This is no shocker. He was one of my top guys out of spring uh, that performed very well as a true freshman. He's going to see a lot of rotation uh, this upcoming season. And I'm all for it. He's earned it. He's played well. And, and he's kind of uh, he's definitely impressed this team too with how he came in and there was some speculation on, you know, is he fully focused into it, man, it really changed in that he, he's flicked that switch and he was good to go. So, uh, McLean's been performing very well. So uh, that wide, that wide receiver room has a lot of potential there. It's just, I'm still interested to see who, who that starting core is. It just seems like Keyshawn Helton is solidifying things for him to be in there, which as he should, uh, I'm interested too. We saw in the spring they're using him in this, a couple different packages, even the backfield a little bit. So, mm-hmm. interested to see how they use him. Uh, some names also on offense, as usual. Got to mention him because he's just doing what he does best d- during camps. Is Trashawn Ward? He was fantastic. He was my top guy out of the spring a couple months ago, and once again he's starting off fall camp very nice. I think people are the more. More times media gets to be there and see him. That's why his name is jumping out there a lot more. But, you know, he I think he's one of the, mo- one of the most talented guys in that running back room. The thing with him, though, I think that's changed since spring is he's got a little bit more twitch to him. And he during the spring scrimmages we were at, he was allowing a couple guys to tackle him both arms, but he would able to get out of it. Now it seems like he's just a little bit more twitchier. He's not allowing a lot of the the DBs, those linebackers to wrap him up any he's able to, you know, scoot and boot out of there. So I'm I'm excited about Trayshawn Ward. I think he's moving up this depth chart. He's gonna get a lot of snaps and I'm I think it's more of a toy that uh Kenny Dillingham, Johnson, and Norvell are gonna work with this upcoming fall. You're gonna see him play against Notre Dame. He's taking minutes this year. Yeah uh, I, I I think, you know, his his ceiling is like hundred carries. I think I see him right around 100, 100 touches. I think that's where he, he should be. And I can see him averaging, you know, five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's performed very well. This question here, you know, we just kind of talked about it, but best wide receiver so far was would probably be Keyshawn Helton starting off. Mm-hmm. Only a couple days into camp, you know, we're not going to be like, oh, this is what's going on. We, you know, we like to jump to things really quickly, but Keyshawn Helton has, has been the best wide receiver so far. Very consistent. That was something he was working on since last year. There's some inconsistencies with drops, but, you know, it's also, you want, I want to see how this does this upcoming season with the throwing quarterback. If it is Milton, if it is an improved Jordan Travis, you know, these wideouts, it's going to be a big difference maker than last year. Um, but he, he's also just carrying it over from a really good summer. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So 
it's a good sign. And then going over here uh, to Patrick's questions, are there any DBs meeting the high standards set by their predecessors? It's a, that's a hard standard to meet for, for these guys. You know, there's guys that have talent, but none that are going to be in the Jalen Ramsey kind of conversations. The, yeah. the, the two best have been Robinson and I would say Travis J. No. Yeah, I know Travis J. Yeah. Travis J has been performing very well. Uh, he, he was very physical on what day is it now? Thursday, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday's practice before they left to Jacksonville. He's been one of the most physical, but the thing with him now, he's a little bit more vocal, which I like. He's always got that physical tenacity, Nate. You know, we've talked about him a lot. Excited for him to come mm-hmm. on board at FSU, but he's got that physicality. But what do you think was one of the biggest thing hindering him? You know, not getting beat on routes from last year, kind of hindering him. That he's got to improve on and into this upcoming season. I mean, he's a freshman last year. You know, you know, yeah. he's I mean, first time didn't get to see him play. play. His, first time playing on, on on a college level, you know, playing in a defense that couldn't get to the quarterback and had really poor linebacker play. So, I mean, a lot a lot of stuff went into it. And as the season went on, he played better. Um, they battled some injuries and stuff like that. But you know, the, that that last game of the season, you know, he was. Definitely finished the season off well. But, you know, a guy like him is, is you know, just call it what it is. You know, it, he, the talent is there with him, um, but football is a team sport. So everyone on the defense needs to do their job. And, you know, last year's defense was the worst in the Florida State of my lifetime. So, no. Like there would be times where he'd be caught out of position or he'd miss a tackle yeah. or things like that. That happens, but like Nate said, a lot of that's attributed to a lot of the play up front. You know, it's, it's tough to cover everything. He's only one guy. Um, Skill set stuff with there. We've been talking about him since mm-hmm. he was a red shirt. Just how talented he, how talented he is. Improved pass rush, improved linebacker play. He should be just fine. It, it, it don't matter how good any, any defensive back is if you got to cover for five, six, seven, eight seconds. It's over. You, you you don't lose every time, or if your linebackers are, at, you know, they haven't dropped deep enough, and you know, so there's a, you know, wide ass open spot. There you go. You know, if the, mm-hmm. uh, the if the other corner doesn't drop deep enough in the zone, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff last year that happened. You know. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people, players that maybe. We're in the right spot, but I do think spring was a big letdown on that, on getting guys situated and figuring out who goes best where. It's just overall a screw up, and that's hard to build a defense in the first year, and then you don't have a spring to work with and figure out who your players are, who fits where best. Because even before that, I think you know Norvell and the whole staff had to do their whole check down. And does this player actually work here, or is the last staff putting them in the wrong spot? So that was a lot of shuffling in and out, and a lot of young guys got to see playing time, including a tra- talented Travis J. And a second year is going to be huge uh, for him, I think, this upcoming season. You got Stephen Dix Jr. along with Lundy too, still developing. I think I, the play today, I mean, that was just a you know a great play. That's hard to stop for anybody, and there's no hit here on Stephen Dix Jr. But you know, Cameron McDonald. Connected, connecting there in the end zone with uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, there's still some things, though. You know, 
Stephen Dix Jr., even though he's a monster, there's still some things that he's got to work on, which weren't so great last year. But you got to remember, that was a true freshman put into a COVID season. You know, you just can't put too much into it. But uh, there, there's a lot there's a lot to be looking forward to in this young linebacker room. Going into a little bit more here on really the defensive side, too. We got to see Demory Tate, which we didn't get to see last season. Uh, and also... Didn't get to really see him during the spring because he was dealing with injury, but that's a guy that's got a lot, all the physical attributes and Norvell said that he's going to be limited uh, to start off this fall camp, but it's great to see number 12 out there on the field. He looks like a, he looks like a college DB, a corner. He's got the length, uh, but he's, he's limited. And I still think there's some things that may be holding him back. Uh, more in the mental game than anything, but it's good to see Demore out there. That that guy was highly touted after uh, during his recruitment near the end there. Nice glasses, Dustin. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. And what what is going on? Thought I'd look a little more studious tonight. Something yeah. Is that like what you do whenever you get engaged? You become a nerd? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, wow, you I don't, th- I don't think you need to get engaged for that one. I think you already had that one in the books, buddy. Yeah, hey, I didn't get these glasses till two days ago. So never worn my never worn glasses my whole life. Got engaged wearing glasses. So correlation? Yeah, yeah, maybe so. That might be it. We were just talking about Demori Tate D Lou. We were just talking about Demory Tate. Got to see him a little bit. He's limited to uh, start off fall camp, but I think it's great. Still, some things. I think more personally that he's got to work on, really. But great to see him out there, and he's healthy because whenever we were at those scrimmages, he just was on that scooter for a majority of them on the sideline. Yeah, like you said. I mean, even though he's limited right now, it's good to just see him back and actually being able to participate a little bit. Obviously, a guy that really has all the talent in the world, a borderline five-star prospect coming into Florida State. And, I mean, really, it's just been kind of the off-field things. You know, obviously, last year, it was him getting in good standing academic-wise. Then he had his injury that kind of set him back. So, I mean, we'll just have to see if Luck is finally on his side because I think that's just what it's going to take, being available to play. And once he's there, you know, he's got the talent to break into that rotation. Yeah. No, I, that's the thing that – Still some question marks on who's going to be your starting corners to start off against Notre Dame. I really can't sit here and say, oh, this will be here and here. You know, you hear also about Miko Dotson starting off fall camp nicely. He said, I remember Norvell saying before they had their break that he was a little worn out, but Miko Dotson has been making some plays, has stayed consistent and looks smooth out there, which I'm excited for. Dotson was dealing with injury last year, but I'm I'm a I'm very high on Miko Dotson because I whenever he was out there he wasn't fully healthy but when he was put in and subbed in he made some plays he looked good he was on coverage we'll, we'll see but it's great to hear number nines out there yeah and I mean you know that just goes back to like a lot of these DBs that they, they've Miko Dotson has dealt with injuries you know we just talked about Demore Tate but you think about Jay and Jones he was banged up last year Renardo Green had some injuries I mean the list goes on. So it just comes down to, yeah, these guys are talented, but they've got to be available. And, you know, Miko Dotson doesn't surprise me at all that he's coming out and having a great start to camp. This is a guy 
who led the FBS in interceptions just two years ago at Florida Atlantic. So he's a very skilled player. And yeah, like I said, I mean, they've, they've just got to be available. Availability is the best ability. Craig's on here asking, is there anybody we can convert to a center? How do we keep missing those recruits? So, so far in camp, I believe you've got baby on Johnson, Maurice Smith, and you've also got uh, Zane Herring. That's been in there a little bit. We got to see him during the spring scrimmage and that was not working whatsoever. That was one of the worst things I've seen in a while. I don't know if Florida State's going to continue to try doing that, but I got to say how it was. It was god awful what we were watching. It it was terrible, but these three in there. (laughs) It's okay. It's football. We can say it can. We can be hard on them. Florida State has a good center in Marie Smith, man. I think it's fine right now with Marie Smith. No, I I think maybe on Johnson as well. I feel like this question can go to basketball as well. <laughs> so many straight transfers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like Marie Smith, right, guys? Marie Smith had in the second and, year with Coach Atkins, a full spring to work with, too. Coach Storms. I, I believe they were working some with Thomas Schrader before he got hurt, too. You know, mm-hmm. for um, you know, he was someone that they're looking at as, as a center, also. So, but I, I think Marie Smith is, is a quality center. Absolutely. I mean, he started all of last year. I think it was three or four games um, as a true freshman the year before that. So he's a guy that's already gotten experience. He's got a year in in Norvell's system and under Atkins. And, you know, he's just going to continue to develop. Very excited about him. And just to talk about the current recruiting class, I think uh, Kashawn Sapp could possibly come in and play center for Florida State at the next level. So, I mean, you know, having Baby on Johnson, who, you know, he's not – an elite offensive lineman or anything, but he's a guy who's played a lot of football. He's a veteran. He's got experience. He can, I'm not saying he can come in and start at center, but I think he can provide some good snaps throughout a game. If Smith needs a couple plays off and, you know, Logan, you mentioned Zane Herring. We'll just have to see. He's a guy, a lot of potential, but he was also injured last year. So, I mean, man, every guy we talk about has been injured. Yeah. No, (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it is irritating it is certainly irritating but yeah we'll we'll see but i think right now marie smith you should feel pretty positive heading into the rest of fall camp with him and getting a second year to to develop under coach atkins who's in his bag right now 21's asking here in the chat what's up guys any word on Corey wren the speedster we got to see him a little bit there in the scrimmages d lou in the backfield, but haven't really heard anything on my end of him during camp. Nothing too uh, not concerning. Sometimes if it's no news, it's good news, but I haven't heard anything on him, but I, I would expect them to be using him a lot in the backfield right now, like how he was in the spring. Yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, he's going to be that gadget type guy that Florida State can use out of the backfield and also at slot receiver, so they can use him in multiple ways. I think right now he's probably still too raw to be you know, an every down running back and to be consistently in that rotation. So really it's up to Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham to put him in the right spots, get him into open space and let him use that um, elite speed. And also I want to see him get used on special teams as well. Just put him in positions where he can explode and get away from people because, you know, he's not someone you want out there. I, I remember during it was a spring game or the spring scrimmages there were a couple of plays where they just ran a dive and they ran Corey ran right down the middle. And I mean, that's just not his game. You want him in space. 
yeah, no, put him in space. Let him use that speed. Nate's been high on him since he's been able to talk to him during his recruitment before heading to Florida State. He's got speed. Put him in space. Put some kids on skates. I think I could rap that rhymed. So uh, let's move on from that before I get a brand deal or a record deal. Uh, some names here to point out. Kevin, well, actually, let me go back to this real quick, talking about tight ends, because I think they've been one of the top uh, groups so far in camp. Uh, this is from Patrick saying that, you know, a lot of the tight ends have been getting a lot of praise from Coach Norvell so far in this camp. Uh, he's hoping that they can make a big impact this season. And I think there should be an upgrade here. I think it all depends on the quarterback, of course. But now you have Jordan Wilson there. I don't think it's going to be much of a threat there passing. I think Cameron McDonald, maybe some other guys will take, you know, take those roles. But, you know, at least blocking wise and maybe definitely for these running backs, it will help. You got Wilson in the in in the package, but he moves a little bit quicker. He's not the fastest tight end. No, he's not going to be that way. His size is crazy, but you know, there might be some plays too, where Norvell wants to trick defense and, you know, you've got things working reverse and you've got Jordan Wilson be the target there. So, and Jackson West, Nate to mention, I know there was a photo posted on Twitter, but he doesn't look like a freshman. Like you've been telling us, you've been putting inside the discord for all of our members there and telling us about how, he has been impressing, the, and we've been hearing that the coaching staff absolutely is excited about him. Might not be a big-time threat this first season, but he just, just does not look like a freshman. He's done a great job since arriving at Florida State. Yeah, I mean, he's going to – I think he's going to play quite a bit this year. I think, you know, like we talked about in our preview, I think you look at that position, it's kind of a, a blocker and a pass catcher. I, th- I think Wilson's going to be that extra lineman that's going to really help the run game. Uh, but uh, I expect uh, Jackson West, you know, have a 10, 15 cat season and, and make a couple of big plays for the offense. You know, he kid's super athletic, you know, 240 and r- runs with the receiver. So, you know, it, ha- you know, they have, they have a guy on the roster that's, you know, big, big physical and, And that's our usual part of the show where we lose Nate off of the podcast. I was literally editing this show to put out clips, and it's just just a regular thing that goes on here. So, it's, and it's always when Nate's talking; it's never when he's not talking. So, it's whenever he's going through this deal. But he was talking about Jackson West along with other Titans. Yeah, I was just going to say it doesn't surprise me that the Titans have gotten off to a good start in camp. Obviously, Cam McDonald, a guy that has been at Florida State for quite a long time. He's played a lot of quality football. And you look at Jordan Wilson um, coming back from that Achilles injury, I believe it was, Achilles or ACL, whatever. Um, But coming back from that, and, you know, Logan, like you said, we thought he'd be coming in more as um, a blocking tight end. But he's kind of surprised me. You know, I think he's already caught two or so touchdowns during camp. So he might be able to offer a little bit more – as a receiving as a receiving threat than than we thought coming in so we'll just have to see there's a lot of guys in that tight end room that could step up you know jackson west is one of them wyatt rector um who is it some more yeah there's carter, you want some car you want some carter boat right you want some of that all, all the names are blending <laughs> together in my head and i don't want to butcher one kobe gross kobe gross there's a lot of them there's too many that's a thing you got to take advantage of should be in and out there on the, on the field, but your main packages are most certainly going to be McDonald along with Wilson. Wilson. So, 
you know, that tight end room is looking pr- pretty good so far. And it, it shouldn't be a surprise. This is this has got a lot of lot of cats. Dang it. I, dang it. I was about to say there's a lot of meat in that room, but I just couldn't Don't say, say meat. That either, bro. <laughs> okay, so I went, I went with the cats at least. Jesus. We'll take God. it. God, I gotta find a new word and like write it down so I don't say cat or definitely not meat. Uh, Kevin Knowles, young freshman, showing out, looking good so far. Had a nice spring. Uh, you know, good to see there. You've also got Akeem Dent, who we were hearing was moving back to safety, and it seems like that's the game plan for him right now. That's been a big topic on the show for the last couple of weeks, seeing where you know is this going to be a year where he struts out? Had a as a, had a great freshman year. If he would have caught those interceptions, it would have been friggin' would have been heading into his second season big time with a lot of hype, but you know, dealing with some things injury wise and you know, all that kind of jazz. And then a guy that I want to talk about here is Jamie Robinson. We got to see him during the spring scrimmage, D Lou, and he was with the starting group. And this has this doesn't shock me whatsoever that he's playing nice and physical to start off fall camp and has made a lot of plays. Doesn't shock me, you know. He's posting on i on his IG story some of the film and whatnot. I'm not sure if Coach Norvell wants that out there, but hey, it's there for me to watch. And now I get to talk about it in front of hundreds of viewers. I get thousands of views. To you know, then I'll get in trouble. But Jamie Robinson posted a video. I, I forget which wide wide out it was, but he was complete lock on it. I I don't have it it's on his <laughs> IG. I didn't. I did not screen record it this time and post it on. Actually, I might be able to find it if you get if you talk a little bit on him. Um, but there's a video of him in coverage and his helmet's flying off and he still is able uh, to cause an incompletion for the wideout. But I'll, I'll see if I can find this video while you talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously a guy coming in from South Carolina. And I remember <clears throat> whenever we were at the first spring scrimmage, he like walked in and we were like, who was who that guy? Because, you know, we hadn't seen him in person on the field before. So we were looking at him for a while like, who is that? And finally, I was like looking at the roster. I was like, dude, that's Jamie yeah. Robinson. We were like, that's Jamie Robinson. That dude looks like a linebacker. I mean, he's just, he's a big dude. And then getting a chance to actually see him work on the field, you know, he backs up that size with a lot of athleticism. And he's a guy, you know, he's going to come up and lay the wood on you. And that's the thing about a couple of the DBs in that room. They will come up and knock you out. So I'm just hoping we actually get to see that defense play with some physicality this year because there's a lot of guys that will come up and stuff you. Yeah, no, he's got some physicality, as you could say. I believe he told reporters or whatever it was. I think he was talking on his press conference that he wants to be the most physical nickel or DB, but mainly nickel that's ever ever came through Florida State. That's going to be very hard to do. Let me just go and tell you that right now. But, you know, it's good to see some of this stuff. Here is it. Here it is on the film. This is actually Jordan Young that he's going against here. There's Norvell dapping him up. Physical. We're not going to call that illegal contact, right? Nah, nah. Right, right now. Yeah, the receiver initiated <laughs> it. It's fine. Yeah, Jordan Young's got a nice little push on him. Let's see. No, maybe not. Arm around. It's a little bit of both. That's a, yeah, it's a little <laughs> we'll let mix. that go. You let that go. Looks like we're doing board deals right here, but I like the physical nature. I mean, they're going, <laughs> they're going at it. Jordan, you know, Jordan Young's going at it too, so. Just a little bit, but Norvell's sitting right here. It seems like he likes it. I mean, yeah. I'd rather see over aggressive than you know this yeah. softness we've seen the last few years. 
I like yeah. these hard nosed guys that are that are, well, that are willing to get their hands dirty. I like it. Yeah, good change no. of pace. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all about it. So yeah, Jamie Robinson. I'm glad you brought that up, Josephine. Uh, good mark there. Uh, this is a good question here from Jen Fari saying, are we supposed to be considered a young team this upcoming season? Like comparing us against other ACC teams we play, and that's an immediate yes. Uh, Florida State is coming as one of the youngest in the country once again, second season almost in a row. Yeah, I think it's like one of the – they're in the bo- they're in like the bottom 50 of like most experienced teams in college football, I would say, something like that. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, it's very young and just goes to show. Can't really judge too much off of. I mean, you you do want to see improvement this upcoming season, but Norvell's got one of the hardest schedules in the country once again, including one of the youngest teams. So uh, I will say it's a little skewed, though, probably due to the COVID year, because I wonder if people are counting that based off, you know, if uh, they would what they would retro- be this year, or if they're still the same as last year. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. No, we'll see. But yeah, definitely definitely a young team here. Uh there's a lot of lot of questions coming in throughout these. We'll jump through them really quick. This is from Bob Pear from the Discord. Any chance we see Estes at center at any point this upcoming season? I don't think you'll see him on the field this upcoming year at, at center. I think they've kind of selected who they are gonna run through that rotation if need be, but He's a guy that has looked very nice to start camp. He's still got a little bit of ways to go. I don't know if he'll see much playing time this upcoming season, but heading into next year, there should be some uh, some optimism for him. That's a strong boy, one of the strongest there on the team. Yeah, and if I'm correct, whenever we were watching him in the spring, he was working at guard, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But he was a guy... Um, you know, a lot of talent for S season. We've seen what he can do in the weight room over the off season. But I remember Coach Atkins was just getting after him. I mean, you would constantly hear him yelling, Estes, get over here. Or Estes, get on the field. I think there was one play he was supposed to be in for field goal, and he was on the sideline, and Atkins just started screaming. So the true freshman, yeah, he's learning how it works at the next level. Yep, a little hard coaching, a little hard. I think they're able to even hear what we're doing our Discord back cave where we go on our voice chat and we give you guys live updates. I think at the scrimmage, a, lot, a few the listeners in there were able to see uh, and hear or really hear Coach Atkins go off a little bit on the youngins. And it's just how it works, and I'm all about it. I'll never, never cry about having some hard coaching. I mean, we got to see it when we were younger with Coach Trickett out there on the field, and he wasn't really the nicest ever. To be yeah, honest. I would say he was probably a little harder on guys than Coach Atkins, even though yeah. Coach Atkins does get after guys. Rick Trickett, he kind of took it to another level. Yeah, just a tad bit. Uh, Josephine's asking another question here. What's up with Emmett Rice? Is he going to be back? Have you guys seen him around? <laughs> Have you seen him around? Yes, he is out there. He is most certainly out there uh, right now. He's going to be good. I think he'll be a full guy. I think he's still starting off camp a little limited, if I'm correct. I think Norvell talked about it. I believe uh, yeah, limited. Yeah, Norvell said that uh, they expected him to be back for week one. Yeah, so uh, good sign here. No news is probably good news on this part. So, you know, that's a veteran linebacker you want to see on the field this upcoming season early on, too. Definitely against that Notre Dame game, you would like to have it. Uh, I'm trying yeah, to think. I mean, I, I think he, you know, he's earned the respect from this new Florida State coaching staff and being there. This is now his sixth year 
if I'm correct, going uh, at Florida State. He's been through three different coaching staffs, you know, so many different defensive schemes. I thought it was big this offseason um, talking to different recruits that had, vi had visited Florida State. Um, a lot of defensive guys, whenever I asked them if they had talked to a current player whenever they were on campus, they said it was Emmett Rice, and he was coming in and telling them the experiences that he had had throughout this journey at Florida State, the different coaching staffs, and you know, even saying that he, I think he said that he liked Norvell's basically the best out of all all three coaches that he's played under. And he's a guy, you know, if he comes back, I don't know if he's going to be starting week one. They might kind of work him in slowly, but he's going to be important for Florida State on that defense. Yeah, there's a question here also along, you know, with that offensive line, any update on Schrader? I don't have any on him. He was dealing with a, a pretty pretty rough injury during the spring but that's what another guy like we were mentioning where coach Atkins was kind of giving them a hard time in the early part of spring but you know trying to still build depth there at offensive line and having straighter there would be nice because he, he was pr pretty impressive and co coming uh into Tallahassee yeah exactly so and uh, hopefully we'll get some updates from the staff soon on him so this is from Strider saying Lonnie Pryor looks nothing like he did in college. Wait, he's not on the live stream yet, is he? <laughs> no, he is not on the live stream yet, so you don't have to worry about that. He's actually currently at a he's on a at a booster tour right now, speaking. So it seems like they started a little bit late, so it might be kind of fifty fifty if if we'll have him here on the show tonight, or we might push it back to next week. But. Uh, we will be having Lonnie. He, we've been he's been texting me this whole night, so it just seems like the the yeah, boosters. Come on, boosters! Admit it. You got ghosts. Uh, no ghosts. If I could show the DMs right now, I would. But I think it's against the rules. It. I'm not doing that against the rules. <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> I had some funny questions for Lonnie too. I've I've got tons of questions for him, and I wanted to hear a little bit about his relationship with Bobby Bowden. But that might have to move to next week. I know he kind of lied to everybody here, but Dad Gummit. Bad gummit. Logan lies reviews. You know, you guys have seen it with the click. Yeah. Clickbait YouTube videos. Yeah. He's been in the discord. This guy will do anything to get a click. Dustin is so sad that, and, and jealous that I'm just outdoing him in views on YouTube. And Pretty sure just, the viewers went it. up since I got on here. Can no, you think it's because of you? For the last 20 minutes. You think it's because of you? I'm oh, man. I mean, oh, yeah. Put your glasses back on, nerd. I've got two uh, pairs. This is a good question here. Eric Angel's asking who's going to be the next commitment to Florida State. Should we save that one or should we jump into the rest of fall camp? I mean, if you want to go and answer that and, you know, if, you know Nate's going to come back too. I don't think Nate's coming back. I believe in the group <laughs> chat. He texted that he will not be here. He, I think he's definitely in the worst stage of COVID and not, I can understand. Not too well. Nah, he's got it bad. He's when I had it, I was worn out at five o'clock, ready for bed. So he was trying to hang in here with us at eight thirty, and that thing wears you out, man. It really does. It stinks. Yeah, yeah so, I had a friend that tested positive today, so wishing him the mm, best. Yeah, absolutely. And, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe Nate. Yeah, cool. But Eric Angel, who's going to be Florida State's next commitment? Florida State has been on a roll a little bit, but. Some people, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about Willis, uh, Jaron Willis, linebacker, 2022 product. 
teammates with Quashawn Sapp, current FSU offensive line commit. We talked with Sapp last week about him, wondering, you know, could there be a flip happening? Is there a flip? Seems like to be the, the thing going on here. We put out a video uh, early in the week about it. Could that be the next commitment for Florida State? I mean, I would say it's it's possible. And, you know, obviously, uh, Jaron Willis he announced earlier this week that he's got some news dropping t- on Friday, so tomorrow. And, you know, in my opinion, I think that it's going to be at least him backing off of his commitment to Georgia Tech. There have been some rumors that it could just be a straight-up flip to Florida State. I don't really think that's going to happen. But I think he decommits and then, you know, maybe sometime into the fall – goes public with that commitment or he does make that flip. I mean, we'll just, we'll see how that works out, but maybe, you know, some other guys, I could see Jaleel Skinner going public with things in, in a couple weeks into the fall, Elijah Pritchett, I believe has um, announced a decision date either in September or October. I can't recall it off the top of my head, but there's a couple guys, you know, getting ready to announce and Florida state has put themselves in great position to, finish this tribe 2022 class the right way. Yeah. And I don't know. He was asking for a graphic, you know, trying to get hooked up with a graphic that always brings up a question. Like, what is it going to be? Is it going to say, is he hundred percent committed to and locked into Georgia tech? Usually you would get that graphic though from Georgia tech. So you want to be looking online and asking on Instagram to say, Hey, can I get a, Get a graphic done. Well, so, so here's another thing. What if it's an all-star game? <laughs> <laughs> that that does happen to a lot of FSC Twitter sometimes where it's not anything to do with a commitment, decommitment. It's one of the most let down things. So that option would be terrible. On a Friday, you think? Well, I'm uh, just saying whatever, whatever yeah, crew I, who's committed to a school put out an announcement and, and be like, something's happening on this day. Like wouldn't they just straight up decommit? Like why even tease a decommitment announcement? Yeah. I don't know. Was it? Yeah. It would have to be a flip. It would suck. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would stink. That would uh, be rough. Before we move on to the rest of the fall camp, we're not going to have Lonnie on here. So want to jump through this first before anything decided like that. Yeah. Well, he hasn't answered yet. And I think I'd rather not be, cause I think we've got just a little bit more until we'll run through the rest of these questions along with the rest of fall camp and Austin's goodies. I think we'll have Lonnie on hopefully next week. Uh, it should be, shouldn't be a problem. It just stinks. He, he was trying his hard at up. Oh, he's actually going to be joining us. So we never give up. We never give up here on here, the spear, but before he jumps on here, uh, let me go ahead. Got really fun and exciting announcement on deck with us this evening. I'm excited. Uh, the guys know all about it too, but I probably want to announce our new sponsor, our first sponsor, true, really first sponsor on to hear the spirit proud90.com. As you can see, they're up there in the top right of y'all's screen. Uh, they are an apparel company, definitely more focused on golf apparel, definitely in the polo area uh these are actually from two fsu alumni this company is great young uh we we've talked to them they're actually big fans of uh Noel game day one of them i think both of them actually been following us for a while one of them is in our discord so two two great guys we're working with um to like actually 
build something together. And I think this is a really fun partnership with them. It's definitely exciting. We've got some cool things for you guys. We'll be wearing, they're sending each one of us polos to wear all throughout the season that we'll be wearing on here. We got to pick out our own. So they're hooking it up. So thank you to them. But an awesome, awesome company. Uh, and definitely if you're a golf guy and there's other things, definitely for you other people, you know, I think Austin's going to be repping her shirt. There's just different things too. And they actually have some cool things coming out later on uh, in the future. But definitely if you're a golf person, this is the perfect uh, fit for you. I want to put up here too a little bit of some of the polos that they have some really unique stuff uh, that I think a lot of younger people and definitely even older too, you know, I, I'd rock these. can't breathe with these shirts over my face. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually perfect. This is why the ad read is even more perfect and to announce it. You're out of the way and we can just get to look at the polos. But uh, we're ex- really excited about this. We're going to have some deals for you guys too. get you some percents off. Uh, we're going to be kind of going more in depth in this next week. But Proud90.com, go give them a check out. Uh, they're awesome. And we're really excited about working with them to start off the football season. So, uh, yeah, we're stoked. Let's see. Going on to a little bit more of some of these questions here. This is always a good one. This is a weekly one. Dustin, you know, you probably are used to saying the same thing over and over. But where does Florida State stand with Shade Tree Jr.? I will say that I don't think anything has changed much yeah i mean you know nothing's really changed they're right there in the thick of things in his recruitment he'll be in for that official visit uh later on this fall against miami um i believe so i mean for to say they're just gonna have to keep doing what they're doing i think you know they've had a great recruiting message to marvin jones and haven't just relied on the fact that he's a legacy recruit to land them you know they've really made it a unique pitch and they haven't made it about his ties to fsu at all and, you know, he said it himself in multiple interviews that this Florida State staff is recruiting him harder than any school. Yeah, so nothing much has really changed there. But, you know, it's always good to get a little update there on Marvin Jones. Dude, that's like everybody's wanting that as the top target. But, you know, we'll see. This is a good question here uh, from Carol asking, do we have a good field goal kicker this upcoming season? And, you know, a player that's been – very consistent to start fall camp has been Ryan Fitzgerald. I, I believe he's stayed consistent through all of camp so far. I might be wrong on that, but I know for a fact on not this last practice, but the day before he was six of six. He actually hit a game winner on day one of camp. Nice to see. It's good to see the problem with Florida state's kicking last year. A lot of inconsistencies throwing two guys out there. And this is a comp, comp- this is a battle right now for those two kickers, but Fitzgerald has had a very solid camp so far and has been the most consistent kicker. Yeah, and we talked about it, you know, last week, but this is going to be important for Florida State because last year, you know, neither of these guys was consistent. So if one of them can develop into a reliable option, that's just going to help out the offense even more when they get into scoring opportunities and making sure that they convert. And like you said, Logan, Fitzgerald – still has not missed a kick through four practices. Mm -mm. Impressive. It's good, though. It's nice to see. you got to have that consistency. And Mike Norvell is very high on his special teams play. And, you know, Florida State, you know, putting up points there at kicker, you know, really really helped them, would have helped them in uh, last year's games, too, and put them in – put the – whole team in some tough situations there with not making some some pretty easy kicks too so 
got to got to get better there on that side of the ball. Um, I'm going back to a little bit of fall camp here, and we talked about it, Dustin. But I'm willing to. I want to hear your take. You know, you've got Milton. You know, these two are battling, and you know, Jordan Travis and Kenny Dillingham, primarily Dillingham and Norvell. They've been high on Jordan Travis and his improvement. But you know, right now in the last couple of days, Jordan Travis has been looking very nice. You know, it, it's it's good to see. You know, should FSU fans just just be like, "Well, we're screwed." Jordan, if Jordan Travis is starting this upcoming season, Florida State is screwed. Or is it like, well, he's earned it. We'll be fine. You know, that's kind of what the conversation I've been in with a couple of DM groups and inside the Discord. You know, people are wondering, oh, we should just freak out. Jordan Travis is going to be the starter. McKenzie Milton transfer- transferred here for nothing, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I mean, I'm just willing to get, I want to get your take on it because Nate didn't really talk about it as much. I told him he's had a really rough week. He always gets on to me about me saying positive things about Jordan Travis. And I tell him, you know, it's probably been a rough week for you along with having COVID. Jordan Travis has also been excelling. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone should be freaking out because it just it kind of mirrors what we saw in the spring. You know, Jordan Travis came out hot and, you know, he had some some good performances and was really impressive. And then Milton, it kind of took him a little bit longer to come along as he got used to these uh, new skill players and, and the offense. But we saw it all come to a culmination in the spring game with that, you know, excellent performance. And now moving into fall camp, it's just kind of the same story to me. You know, I'm not really worried about the first couple of days. I don't really care who's playing the best right now. I want to see who's playing the best in three weeks when we're getting closer to Notre Dame, installing, you know, the packages for that game. You know, to me, it's nice to have guys performing right here at the beginning, but, you know, some guys, they don't perform as well out of the gate. You know, every guy is different. And I think, you know, especially for a guy like Milton coming into a new system, coming back from this injury, it shouldn't be worrying at all for him to get those struggles out now and then be playing his foot, his best football, you know, at the end of August as they move into the season. Yeah, no, I said it earlier. I mean, this is so early in camp. FSU Twitter, FSU fans, Facebook, discords. It is so easy just to jump to things and say, oh, this is done. Everything, you know. It, it's going to change a lot. We'll see how yeah. this spring scrimmage does. First of all, let me get at least, I mean, not spring scrimmage. Let me get a first a fall camp scrimmage. Let me get one of those, please. We'll start with that. And then let me get well, some full Saturday, pads. Right? Let me get full pads on, please, first, too. Yeah, that's on Saturday. So let me get full pads on. I mean, full pads starts tomorrow in Jacksonville. Let me get that first, please. I mean, it's good to see that. I mean, what FSU fans should be very happy about is Jordan Travis improving. That, yeah. that is a great thing. As a passer, that is excellent. You know, that that is huge. I mean... Shoot, you, you have two threats there at quarterback, you know, that, and it just keeps getting better and better. We'll see how it goes. You know, there's we, it's always good to talk about the positives, but in camp, there's a lot of negatives that we, you know, we don't get to hear as much as is how it goes in media and reporting. But I just think it's I think it's a good thing. I, I mean, it's easily a good thing. It's just I think FSU fans already kind of set their mind on one player, and it's just like, all right, that's it. If it's not them, I'm, I'm going to cry about it. It's over. We're screwed. It's just going to fall apart. Um just i don't know it's just the whole start of fall camp it's the regular fsu twitter fall camp week one <laughs> fall camp week one and you get your spring week one 
that's just how it goes. Let's freak out about every three second clip we see. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, Langston says Marie Smith is too small. We need another center. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching this going in the comments, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> we have gone off the rails. We've gotten to positive. Now, Marie Smith out of nowhere is too small. What happened? I thought we were just talking very positive about him. I mean, he's definitely, you know, he's not the biggest offensive lineman on the roster, but his size doesn't really worry me at this point just because, you know, he's gotten so much experience. And the coaching staff obviously put a lot of faith in him last year to have him be the starting center all year. And that's just continued. He's continued to pick up that offense. I think he probably he's going to know the calls a lot better this year. And it's going to be interesting to see him continue to grow because, you know, there's a lot of potential. And I do think, you know, to that credit, Smith is going to have to continue to put on some weight as his career progresses. But right now, I don't see it as a big issue. Yeah, no, and it's going to be. I, I was just kind of throwing that up there. He's saying, you know, Langston saying 277 to 280. How is he going to do against Notre Dame and Clemson? We have gotten what he have gotten an offer under Fisher, but. Like I said, I uh, this is I just brought it up on the page really just to I thought it was kind of humor a little bit, but it seems like it's really serious. I Marie Smith was played very well and shocked a lot of us last year about his play. Give me another spring, give me another coach storms, and give me a fall camp, a true fall camp under Coach Atkins. I feel I feel comfortable. I'll be I'll be fine. Marie Smith is not my number one worrisome, I think, on that offensive line headed into this season. I mean, he's got a point with the last question. Uh, I don't think he would have gotten an offer under Fisher because I don't think Fisher offered any offensive line in the last two years. So, you know, just little things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mackenzie Milton over Jordan Travis. He's a proven winner and has a much higher floor and ceiling as a passer, says Patrick. Um, and then Mendoza saying Jordan Travis is improving as a passer is huge. He's so dynamic with the ball and his hands as a runner. He's a weapon for sure. And then Eric Angel is saying 9.5 points underdogs versus Notre Dame. Take FSU with the points. We're beating Notre Dame. We've only lost four years of consecutive openers. Yeah, is Florida State going to finally snap this off? We're not making our score predictions now. We've got a few weeks before we do that. But we'll see. We'll see who picks if there's going to be an upset in store inside Tallahassee or not. If they lose by 10, by 10 plus points, it would be a disappointment. That's for sure. And if Florida state wins college town will not go to sleep. Yeah, no, it won't be. Does it ever? Good point. But I think more than (laughs) usual, I think think it'd be a little overcrowded. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it will be a little wild if that happens. I promise I'll be in better behavior than I was during the spring game. And that wasn't even a real game and things. I just couldn't even imagine. Um, let's see here real quick. If there's anything more, how is Chuba looking? I had high expectations for him. So far, I think a little rusty to start off camp from things that we were hearing. A little off, a little bit, and even camp today a little little shaky but you know he's not expected to see a lot of playing time this upcoming season it's really to sit back and learn behind travis along with mckenzie milton i think that's going to be this is you know milton coming in is such a big time advantage and you know big time help big move by may 
made by Mike Norvell because you know that helps so much in the film room and all that experience. He's a he's a winner, but I think Chopper Purdy is only gonna it's just gonna take a little while. He literally did not he was not with the team during the spring. Yeah, already of the off season, so it's just gonna be a little rest, rusty to start off with. Yeah, I mean that that shoulder surgery it, it really set him back in his development. You know, like you said, Logan, he wasn't present throughout the spring, and you know he wasn't really able to throw that much either up until recently. So he's still, you know, he's so young. He's still he's still a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, whatever you want to call it, because of the COVID year. And just like I said about Milton earlier, I'm not really worried about Chubb at this point because he's shaking off that rust, returning from injury, getting the confidence back in that arm to be able to perform like a college quarterback. And, I mean, that's nothing to take lightly. And this season for him, it's just going to be really, really big to learn from a guy like Milton who has experience playing at the highest level in college football, um, being a Heisman contender, leading a, an undefeated UCF team. So I think there's a lot of qualities that Chuba and, and Rodemaker as well can both take away from this season and watching Milton go to work. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be good and big learning process for him too. So good stuff there. Uh, let's see here. Some other things here on the show and the comments, man, it's been highly engaged. I can hardly keep up here. Um, this is from 21. I think it will be a two-quarterback system. Mackenzie Milton will be the starter, and Jordan Travis will come in during crucial situ- crucial running situations for a few plays and change the pace of the game, and that's what kind of has been my little bit of expectation to start off the season. We'll see how long that will last, but that is a scary threat, though, of having uh, Mackenzie Milton out there. You could even have both out there in the backfield, which is even scarier to think of. You could do a lot of things. And Coach Norvell is very creative. He's a guy that we got to see a little bit during the North Carolina games. He'll do everything he can to kind of keep the momentum going and get down the field. I'm extremely excited as just like a college football fan to see how Norvell is going to use a lot of these parts on offense, definitely with having these two quarterbacks out there. Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of along the lines of, of what we've been talking about throughout the offseason, that Milton is going to be your full-time starting quarterback, but you can kind of bring Jordan Travis in. You can put him at wide receiver and still have Milton at quarterback. You can put him in the backfield. You can do some really weird stuff. And, you know, he can come in and, like 21 said, be that change of pace guy. If Florida State's struggling, bring Travis in, run a money play that you know is going to get you a first down or some yardage to get you back on track. And I, I like you said, Logan, it's very it's gonna be very exciting to to see how these see how they use these guys because obviously Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham, they know how to run an offense. We've seen what they've done at Memphis and Auburn. We saw flashes of it last year. I think that's just gonna continue to develop because a lot of these guys, not just not just the quarterbacks, they're going into their second year in this system. And that's just going to benefit the the whole of the unit. Yep, I'm trying to put on here. I, I, you know, a lot of there's a lot of package thoughts on how this offense is going to work. I'll be interested to see. You got a lot of threats to at running back that Florida State is going to be able to take advantage of because there's just you got, you know, Austin's favorite guy who thinks he's going to be the MVP of the team this upcoming season, and DJ Williams from Auburn, who said he's going to run the most yards. So here, here's here's our pop pressure. Love it. Here's a <laughs> random random question for you guys. Would Florida State have taken DJ Williams as a transfer if they knew Treshawn Ward was going to break out like this? 
Yeah, need the depth uh, either I, way. I think it was probably a, a depth thing. I think it was a depth thing because I feel like the staff already knew how special Treshawn Ward has been. I believe Delu. I think it was most certainly probably a depth thing because we had been hearing things even as a true freshman of Ward coming in. I mean, he had some big time offers. I think they kind of already knew the talent was more of a depth thing. But the thing is, though, he's just killing it in every camp so far, and definitely this spring as a whole. He, we keep hearing so many good things about. It. I keep getting texts. Treshawn Ward. Treshawn Ward once again. Treshawn Ward. It's he's making guys miss in open space, not even open space. So he was one of the hardest guys to tackle D. Lou when we were watching that scrimmage. Like we were like, what this kid? Like where, where is this coming from? Yeah, it is going to be tough to get carries in that backfield, man. Let me tell you, because there's just so many guys. And I mean, you know, Deshaun Corbin, Toa Philly, DJ Williams, Treshawn Ward. You go back to Corey Wren, who we were talking about earlier. There's just so many different guys that are going to contribute this year. And I just wonder if there's going to be, you know, enough enough plays to, to feed all the mouths. Is everybody going to stay content with their role? Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of Treshawn Ward, and we're going to see a lot of them against Notre Dame, and I'm all about it. You have so There's so many opportunities there and overall in the offense, but really I think it's going to – play a factor on how this offensive line does once again and you got to rely you got to feel comfortable and coach Atkins heading into next season and Florida State moving up a lot in those rankings and the rushing offense part of things there's a lot to be excited about so I don't want to go like too full we're only a few days into camp but you know some guys that uh some guys that impress their experience grant spring camp are moving over into fall camp and I'm excited. That's all I got to say. Anybody, Dustin, that you're kind of hearing from camp or, you know, impressed with so far a little bit, a few names even. We talked about Keyshawn Helton to start off with being one of the cons- most consistent wideouts, a little bit of parchment. Um, we talked about, I talked about Love It too. And, you know, Keir Thomas has been blowing up, man. Keir Thomas so far in this camp is shocking. I think we didn't get to see him during the spring. Yeah, I heard you guys uh, talking about Kier Thomas a little bit earlier, and you know it's been really good to see him come out and perform well after missing basically the entire spring. So we didn't really know exactly what we were going to get out of him, and you know I think it's good he's gotten off to a solid start in camp so far. But I mentioned I think a couple of weeks ago a guy who I thought was going to have a pretty good fall camp was Marcus Kushney, and he's come out and you know been as advertised quick off the edge, able to get into that backfield and excited to see him continue to just get further into that defense because he's only been on campus for a couple weeks, hasn't had a lot of time to work with the team just yet. So I think he could end up being a really bright spot on that defense uh, as a big contributor off the bench. And Jermaine Johnson as well. You know, we knew what to expect out of him, but he's come into fall camp and just continued to do what he did in the spring. And, you know, I expect him to to have a solid season for Florida State, if not a dominant season. I don't want to say that yet. I'm waiting. Yeah. Too early. <laughs> yeah, you're big on the Kushney, man. Kushney, I should say. Looks I'm like really he- big. I, I think he's underrated. I mean, you know, I heard Austin say it earlier. There was no pass rush on this team last year. And the biggest thing that Florida State has done 
on defense, if not improving the entire team this offseason, is adding, I think it's eight new scholarship players to that defensive end room from the transfers in to the true freshmen coming in, who I think a couple are going to be able to play as pass rushing specialists. So they're, they've really, they saw, you know, last year, 10 total sacks. I think it was four and a half or five by the defensive line. FSU knew where their weakness was on defense and they went and attacked it this off season. I think we're going to see a total turnaround. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I agree with you. This pass rush is going to be a lot better. I'll just put it down money down. If I was betting, if it was legal here in Florida, I would do it. I think Florida State's defensive line overall is going to be a whole 180 from last year. I mean, that was a c- extreme disappointment. It was doo-doo, like awful, uh, like terrible. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was. I, I, I'm trying not to cuss anymore because now we, we have sponsors on here and don't really want to cuss up a storm like we used to. But if I could bleep myself, it was uh, like awful. So there's got to be better play there because it's putting the DB, it put DBs at bad spots last year. Not that it was just, you know, there was kind of miscommunication on a lot of levels there, but you know, defensive line, you got to get after the quarterback or that defense is just not going to improve whatsoever. That is going to be a big thing for Adam Fuller. If there's not answers made there in the first three or four, three games, really shoot, maybe even before that there's there, it's tough for the rest of the season on Fuller. I, I, it was just awful last season. And, I do think, though, shuffling out some players that weren't maybe so, uh, how do I say it, maybe on the same page as other as the rest of the team maybe is going to help. Shuffling some of that out of there should be positive, but just overall disappointing. I mean, even going further into the defensive end room, thinking about guys in fall camp, Quashawn Fuller has, has been extremely – good so far for Florida State. And, I mean, he was another who we saw the flashes of it in the spring, and he's just continued to bring it so far in the fall, completely has reshaped his body since he got on campus, and I think now is finally in that shape to be a contributor for FSU, and I I think he could be a good one. Another guy who can bring good snaps off the bench. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Bringing in some more questions here from all of our listeners across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Hearing about a little bit of Ja'Kai Douglas. Had a nice spring, too. It seems like it might be translating into fall camp. And then let's see here. This is from Mendoza. He asks, if you could take a player from each side of the ball from the 2013 national team and put them in this year's squad, who would you pick? I think this is a great question. This is why we have y'all because we're not that creative enough to put that on our docket, but this is why we have you. So we could, it makes it a little bit more fun here. So gentlemen, if we could pick two players offensively and defensively, defensively from the 2013 Natty team, who are you picking to put on this upcoming season's team? All right. So on offense, I'm going with either Rashad green or Kenny Shaw, because I think FSU is just kind of lacking that consistent possession receiver right now. And having one of those guys could just really help, I think, Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Travis as they uh, continue to get more into the system. And then on defense, you know, I think it's an easy one. I would go with Telvin Smith because obviously he's going to be a fired up vocal leader on defense and he's not going to let what happened last year happen again. Yeah, I, th- I think Telvin's a pretty easy one for defense. I think another name would be LaMarcus Joyner. If you want to throw someone out there, a guy that's versatile, could play any spot in the defensive backfield and be elite at it. 
And, you know, the, we're, we've been talking how many podcasts in a row now. We're waiting for someone to step up in the defensive backfield and be a true starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, LaMarcus would be that perfect guy. Really, any of those corners, PJ, Darby, any of those guys you could throw out there and make a good argument for. Offense, I mean, it's hard to go against the Heisman winner. You know, as good as yeah. Rashad and Kenny Shaw, <laughs> like, how are you not going to pick Jameis? Because it's too out. easy. It's too easy. It's cop out. I mean, like, I get it, but, like, come on. Dude, I would love to pick Jameis. I was just trying to make it interesting. I, I get it. <laughs> Come on. I I mean, I don't – I feel like I would have rather have a Rashad Green maybe a wideout than a Jameis Winston. I feel, I feel comfortable more at QB than I do at wide receiver right now just because how That's it was last of, yeah. year. I think there's so many question marks in, at both positions. Like, is Milton going to be even close to 100%? Is Travis going to make those steps forward as, as an accurate – quarterback yeah camp's great they look great they're great in spring game both of them did but if you just plop jameson good quarterbacks are going to make receivers look good nah, i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick uh rashad green <laughs> i'm gonna pick rashad green and then i'm gonna go Telvin smith so we, a lot of us agree on a, a few of these players but Telvin smith that linebacker play has been dookie for the last six five years Basically, I wouldn't say Dookie Dookie. I wouldn't say Dookie Dookie, but Dookie. Since he left, I mean, it's been subpar. Yeah, no. I mean, you haven't had it, draft it picks. Turns, I'm thinking at last draft Smith picks. a little bit, but yeah. yeah, no, it has not been pretty whatsoever. Telvin Smith changes that whole defense overall. Like, Don't not even Jackson almost got drafted by the gas. But never mind. No, I was about to spit my water out because that was funny. <laughs> there's pros for like gas station work never mind right. uh but i don't know where i'm going with that honestly but don't uh, mention dontavious jackson so one of your favorite players um but yeah i think those are two solid picks there i had something to say but i completely lost it this is from 21 he's asking how is josh griffiths coming along you don't hear his name mentioned have you been hearing anything on Josh Griffiths, Delu? Because I haven't really heard much. I, you know, some things. No news is good news, kind of deal. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many guys in that defensive end room. You know, unless he was just the most. I, I guess I would say unless he was absolutely just blowing other people out of the water. I think it kind of makes sense that the stories are kind of going to be with the grad transfers and Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas and the true freshman coming in. So yeah, Josh Griff is kind of flying a little bit under the radar right now. He's rocking the mullet this season, which I think automatically increases his overall by like 5% or something like that. So, I mean, that that's a good skill to have and we'll just have to see, you know, I thought, I thought there were some moments last year, especially early on. I'm thinking, I think back to the Miami game where obviously Florida state got, destroyed but i remember late in the game josh griffiths he was getting some snaps and getting after it showing a lot of hustle so you know i don't know if he plays a big role for florida state this year but as his career goes on i, I think he could be a contributor mm-hmm. yep island boy saying he would add timmy jernigan on defense and nick o'leary on offense timmy i was thinking of timmy i mean whenever i think of 2013 i think of timmy jernigan i feeling though and it's crazy to say i would have thrown timmy jernigan into that team last year most certainly after the play that we got to see on the defensive line yes that was much much needed but i am 
putting some money down that I do think this defensive line is going to perform a lot better. And I'm excited to see Lovett uh, play this upcoming season. And like we, we've already talked about in the pass rush, I think it's going to excel quite a bit. So, no, I mean, I could see Timmy Jernigan because I mean, imagine him in the middle with Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson on the outside and Fabian Lovett next to him. I mean, that's a, that's a heck of a defensive line. Nick O'Leary, I don't really see as much because obviously Florida State, they've got that experience in the top two in that tight end room. Then some guys after that who we'll see if they can break into the mix. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. That's all, that's all he's got. How is it with you not having any power today? You like that? It's like the it was just my, it was just time my of the internet. month. Just my internet. Oh. The power came back on. Oh yeah, the internet the is always the second team. That was that's always this next step is the internet, and that's usually another hour after you get your power back. For Plus some reason, gas. So we all know how reliable they are. Oh yeah, they're wonderful. They're great. They're not a sponsor, so I can trash them. Yeah, it's a question here from Rodriguez. Oh my god, I'm just screwing up words today, Rodriguez. I'm gonna say Ward here. Maybe Trishon Ward's brother. I don't know. Any news on Destin Hill? No news, maybe is good news, definitely in this department. Nothing on him. Don't have any expectations. No expectations on when he'll be arriving to fall camp. We'll see, but yeah, I think the latest iffy. rumor, the latest rumor floating around is that he's going to enroll at Florida State in January. So we'll see. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that uh, I don't know. I'll be I'll be checking the student registry every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna for keep the next you four years until he shows up or until his eligibility runs out. Either way, so you will be the first to be on top of everything on that. That's what we're expecting. Nobody else is gonna be able to know that he got there until we heard from Dustin. I'll know first. Refresh. Dustin will get the news first on Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is some real talk here from Patrick saying, "Will Norvell have the?" fortitude to fire his buddy Adam Fuller if the defense underperforms again. I say yes. Absolutely. I don't I mean I don't think he'll have any problem moving on from a coach who underperforms. But we'll see if that's the case. I don't think I don't necessarily think that's going to be what happens with this defense. We'll see if, you know, Florida State has last year, obviously, COVID really hurt with Fuller coming in. They didn't get that spring to install um, the new system. They didn't have time a lot of time together over the summer to build chemistry. So, I mean, they didn't really get a fair shake last year. I'm excited to see the first couple of games, and, and then I'll make a judgment on Fuller. Yeah, now looking at this, not having a spring – and also a COVID year and you're having a whole new coaching staff come in and some guys they think fits better here. You go to safety, you're coming down the corner, your nickel yeah, I think is, is, is big. And, you know, you played a lot of true freshmen with Dix. You also had Lundy out there too, and they were kind of out of sorts a little bit, but that's expected. I think it's promising to, it's promising that they had that much playing time, you know, that, latter half of the season i liked it loved it i mean steven dix jr was playing as a starter a few of those games near the end of the season so i think it's great those guys got pt but now it's got to translate you got to be able to make some better reads you also got to make sure you're in the better spot tackling's got to be better 
Um, definitely, you know, looking at DBs, don't get beat on routes, stay in coverage, know your assignments. That's not an easy thing to do. Know your assignments. You know, that's a big film room study for those guys. And it's, it's a younger team. It's going to be tough to, it's going to take a little bit to improve that defense, but it shouldn't take a whole ton. The talents there just got to connect all the dots. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, some of the guys who are gone from last year, they just, the coaching staff, and some of those defensive players, they just simply – they didn't mesh. You know, the systems didn't fit the players. The players didn't fit the systems. Whatever you have it. And you look at the roster now, I mean, there's been over – I think it's over 65% of the roster has been overturned so far since Norvell got the campus. So there's a lot more of the guys here now that they actually want and they actually think can play within their systems, do what they want to do. And we'll see if that works out this year and year two, which I think is really year one. Yeah, no, it's definitely year one. I don't give a hard time much on the staff from last year. Some things I wasn't really a green biggest thing on where you're putting number 33 with gainers question here from Jen, where was gainer playing during practice? Didn't they move him? I think you're going to see him used a lot more. I hope and pass rush because he's got that speed. He's put on a little bit of size, but I think you'll see him. Definitely moved around, definitely in the pass rush kind of area. Um, but there's a lot of expectations for him, though. He's he's, he's got got to see got to see some big time plays from him too, because he's got the physical attributes. He can run east west. He's one of your best tacklers on the team. But one thing that hindered him last year is just not being put in the right spot. So, um, but really, right now, I believe still linebackers being put down as pass rush. Um, just haven't heard a tol- whole lot from him during camp. Source said today that you know he's doing the regular things and making plays, but um, necessarily where he's putting being put at, you know, nothing much has changed from last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think at this point you kind of know what to expect out of Amari. You know, he's going to come up at that linebacker spot. He can play the run pretty well, come up and hit guys, and he's decent at the pass, the the pass defense, and I think that's going to be vital for him. That whole linebacker unit in general ha- had trouble defending the pass last year, so I think that's an important thing for the coaching staff to be focusing on in fall camp, and you know we'll see what happens during the season. Mm-hmm. Last question here before we run into some basketball content. Patrick saying linebacker's been talking. Super highly about Marv. Where will his influence show up on the field? And I can understand that. And I think too, like we just said, you know, me and Dustin were talking about it. Don't I don't I'm not judging this defense and the coaching staff too much from last year. I really am not. Give me where I you know, give me a spring, give me Coach Storms, give me a fall camp, and then I could start judging how this defense is really gonna work and I can go down to a car- coaching coaching tree and look, Hey, boom, coach Barb, this ain't working. This is not going on. I think sometimes too, or, you know, FSU Twitter is giving coach Bob a hard time because recruiting stuff. So then it's going to turn into where it hits the field. That's just how it goes for Florida state fans. But, you know, speaking specifically on the field, coach Marv, you know, there's just, I don't know. There's still a lot to be, a lot to work on. They shoot. They do actually need some more talent there at, at linebacker in the future, to be honest. But, I'm not judging right now. I really, I'm really not. I mean, it's hard to, because if you think about it, you know, he came in first year on FSU staff, 
he really only had three linebackers on that entire unit that that were his, and that was uh, Stephen Dix, DJ Lundy, and J.M. McCluster. Those were guys that they signed in the first recruiting class, you know, last offseason. Every other linebacker, that that wasn't a guy that Chris Marv had recruited or had ever worked with before. And the same thing goes with every coach on this staff. You know, they had to learn about these players, learn what what fits them best, where they can fit on the defense, all of that jazz. Like you said, look, I'm I'm not judging him right now. No, not at all. BZ, well, before we do that, we will have a lot more coverage of fall camp. Inside Scoop Nuggets, that's in our Patreon at patreon.com slash day. We're doing bat caves. I think this will tomorrow will be like our fourth day on the week doing them where we go in and talk about things that we're hearing in camp that we don't really say publicly on here. But we'll let everybody know in there the inside scoop that patreon.com slash day. You can sign up for just $2.99 a month, a month, not a, not a week. Just a month. So uh, go sign up there. VZ, what's popping? Summer League's rolling. Trent Forrest still in his bag. Love to see it. I'm all about it. Pat, I just saw a video of him slamming it down. I think I can bring it up here on the stream. I'm a multitasker here. Can do multiple things at once. But go ahead and tell us about some updates on Summer League because right now Trent Forrest is rolling. Yeah, not only Trent, but Pat. I mean, you got the film here of him. With his putback, you know, two nights ago he had 30 points. You know, he's averaging 21 points per game, shooting 44% from three on five attempts per game. I mean, if you're a Chicago fan, this is exactly what you want. You know, they had a huge offseason bringing in Lonzo Ball, DeMar Rosen, Alex Caruso. If Pat takes that next step forward that we all we all think he can, um, especially after practicing with USA team as part of their select team, I mean, that Chicago team is going to be really, really good. I want the contenders in the East if he can take that next step forward. Trent last night had 19 points, hit the game-winning free throw against the Mavericks, did the Damian Lillard wave to the bench. Um, Summer League is a little bit weird because after one overtime, they do sudden death. Um, so he was able to hit one free throw and and, and walk off the court. But I love it. Florida State, Florida State guys been killing it. Devin Vassell had a great first game. The second game, he only played a couple minutes, and I think he's going to be sitting the rest of the summer league because they 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 saw what they needed to see in the in the few summer league games for him. Mm-hmm. Scotty's been playing great. Um, Xavier Ten Mays got signed to a summer league team, which was out of left field. I was um, watching yeah, him. I, saw uh, that. I was watching him play tonight, and it it wasn't good. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> at least he got signed. That was something I did not see coming. Was him being signed to a summer league team. But a lot of good things happening for, for a lot of former, former Florida State guys. Trent should be getting minutes well into the regular season if he keeps these performances up. You, you could tell that the staff really trusts him, as they should, because he, he's Logan, just that kind of player. Logan, do we have the picture from Coach Ham of all the guys? Oh, yeah, I could try to find that one. Was that on Ham's account? It was, it was Hamilton's account. I think CY tweeted it, too. Okay. I'll bring that up here, dude. All right, so can we please, can we please talk about uh, Scotty Barnes real quick, Austin? Because I feel feel like someone on here was saying overrated, gonna be a terrible pick. Just we're talking about summer league. No, uh, yeah, no. I mean, to be fair, we are two games in the summer league for Scotty Barnes, but 
you know, through two games, he's averaging 15 and a half points. What's his shooting percentage? I'm um, looking at it right now. He's, you know, 34% from the floor isn't the best. It's but not it's also, good at all. <laughs> Don't say it's part, not the best. It's better than Carson Edwards. It's better than Jonathan Kaminga. It's better than... I don't think it's better than Carson Edwards, is it? It, it is. Well, Scott Carson is Edwards is terrible. Scotty Barnes was the number four overall pick. So. <laughs> Scotty's at 34.6%. Carson's at 33%. Look <laughs> at this. Look at this. Live on an FSU podcast. Just... Absolutely battering down. But he's also having nine Barnes. rebounds a game. No, he showed he showed some flashes. He's going to be one of those guys. He's not going to be rookie of the year. Like, that's just not. He's not ready to be the guy. But you know, two, three, four years from now, he's going to be. He's going to be special, and I'm pretty confident in saying that. But yeah, just looking at this pick, Jonathan Isaac grew out every part of hair possible. His beard's long. His hair is super long. <laughs> Like, yeah. I didn't even recognize him at first. And then you got Trent, you got Scotty, you got MJ Walker with the hat in the back, Terrence, Denver. So, PJ Savoy lives in Vegas. So, good to see him. See him alive and well. Walsh, Kobravicha, Fee, Pat, and Turk. A lot of pros right there. A lot of good guys, too. Recent pros, too. A lot of pros. And then there was also a pick today with um, CY took a pick with a lot of these guys. And then, you know, Davis Dulkies is out there. Luke Laux is out there. A lot of pros. A lot yeah. of pros representing Florida State. Yep. Yep. Growing, man. It just keeps on growing. I was going to mention on here, but about the recruiting news. I kind of don't even want to talk about hashtag it. Hashtag fire ham is back. I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> let's not get carried away. What's going on though? Because our discord's been so just disappointed and everything's falling apart now. It, Florida the, State's got to look for a new coach supposedly. The, the big <laughs> shock was Jason Gorman, you know, pushing his timeline up. And you know, a lot of people weren't expecting him to pop until September. Um, he gets the offer from overtime elite, a fairly recent league. Um, gets an offer of six hundred fifty thousand, and then the same week bounces, signs with him. Hard to blame the kid. I mean, if you offer me six hundred fifty thousand to play basketball at seventeen I'm years old, I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out of there. But <laughs> Dustin's gone at twenty grand. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough because you know, had he gone to college, he was Florida State all the way, and I'm very confident in saying that. Staff love him. He loved Florida State. That's just the tough part about it, man. You don't even compete with other schools, but in basketball, you're also competing with the pros, and that's the tough part about it. It's tough. It's tough to compete with well, six hundred fifty thousand. Like, obviously, you're going to be at Florida State. You're going to make a decent amount off of the NIL stuff, but not, not six hundred fifty thousand. That's tough. No, 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 no. Florida. I mean, Florida State baseball does it. Basketball does it. It's just the different. I, I'm not so in the know of like basketball recruiting and all that kind of jazz, but that money. That money there, I mean, that would work for me. How like, how much time is that? Like six fifty year, two years. Maybe? I think it's. I think it's. I don't know if it's six fifty over per year or six fifty over the two years. He has to be there. But oh, uh, we're real we, rough. God forbid it be two Either way, years. yeah. Either way, <laughs> shoot. I don't know if I could do three twenty five. Oh God, I don't know if and, I could do that or not. And that that makes it three players that overtime lead is taken for Florida State because they were really going they're going to get the Bewley twins in the twenty twenty three class as well, and those are two five stars as well. Say, so, uh, Jacob's on week. here. Yeah, game based staff. And Trey Donaldson, who you know last week was saying got got the basketball offer, things are looking really good for Florida State. 
And the last week, he has picked up so much Auburn momentum, just yeah. seemingly overnight. You know, you ask anybody five days ago, it's like, yeah, probably Florida State. Two days ago, 50-50. And now everyone today is like, oh, yeah, he's going to Auburn. It's just it, it happened that fast. Auburn's really ramped up the pressure, not only on the football side, but from Bruce Pearl's staff on the basketball side as well. They've been on him. And, uh, yeah, it's been been a rough month for recruiting. Yeah, a little tough. A little tough. Yeah, and that okay, was though. one I actually heard about last month whenever he got the offer from um, the basketball staff. I had someone tell me that they felt pr- they felt pretty good that he would end up at FSU as long as FSU wanted him. And, you know, I, I was trying to get in touch with Trey myself. haven't been able to do that so far. So I thought it was kind of telling that he gave an Auburn site um, an interview a day or two ago. Um. But yeah, just further, you know, like you said, Austin, the momentum when when he got that offer, it seemed to be with Florida State, and it's just slowly shifted back to Auburn. And I think, you know, it was the same thing. I think I talked to him back in November, and he had been offered by the the football staff. It was either in November or late October, but either way, other schools like Florida and Auburn had joined his recruitment a lot earlier than that. And I asked him, "Did this offer from FSU come too late?" And he's like, "Well, it came a little bit later than I expected." And I think he's got to feel the same way about this FSU basketball offer. You know, of course he wants to go there, but they've come in so late in his recruitment. And at the same time, he's at these other schools that have recruited him so hard from the jump. I mean, it just, you know, those relationships are deeper with Auburn, not to mention, you know, being a guy out of Florida high here in Tallahassee, he'll actually get to join his former teammate, uh, Amari Harvey at Auburn. Mm. And it's not like he didn't get enough exposure. Cause I, I know straight from the basketball side, Florida High is always at team camps for for basketball. So he's been in front of that staff for years now. Um, yeah, and, had the and, chance. And, and basketball is usually one of those. They usually offer kids early. I mean, we talked about it with Derek Whitehead. Yeah, he ended up going with Duke, but they'd been recruiting him for two two and a half years. And you hear that with a lot of the guys they land with. You know, Jonathan Isaac. They're recruiting for three years. Terrence Mann. He got his scholarship offer when he was a freshman. Um. Mm. It's just the it's usually the way this basketball staff is. Is they usually don't join late. They're usually the one that builds the relationships, really works on, you know, this is a family environment. This is where you want to be. They're not one of those staffs that can offer you know a month before a kid decides and wins that recruitment. That's just not who they are. Mm-hmm. No. Well, it's we'll keep an eye on to see if this recruiting, see if hashtag fire ham gets warmed up back it on won't. the timeline again. It won't. We'll see. I don't know. They're, they're still in good standing with I'm with Joanne Phillips, and I think they're still in good standing with Dylan Mitchell, Malik Renault, who's another four-star prospect. Who, yeah, he's not a top-ten player, but he's still top 50. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're still in great standing with a lot of these guys. Um, the The biggest thing is this. The, 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 the word around recruiting circles is they seem to want to be hitting the transfer portal hard, which you know makes sense. Baylor just won the national championship after – really just mainly recruiting the portal and only landing one or two freshmen here and there. It, it, I think it's the way basketball is going to be going now. You're going to be seeing a lot of mid-major guys transfer to the Florida States, the Baylors, not the powerhouses, but the ones that are in the power conferences that can make a lot of noise. I think that's going to be where Florida State is in a couple seasons from now. Before we uh, kind of close things out on the podcast this week, I – of course, I kind of wanted to save this for when Lonnie was on here, but we'll have Lonnie on next Thursday night. I just talked with him, so we'll have Lonnie on next Thursday night on the pod. But I would do want to mention the passing of Bobby Bowden 
one of the best to ever do it. And also one of the best man, one of the best men that I've ever met. You know, he's always treated me. It was really like a son. I've had my dad, fun, cool thing here. I mean, I spent a lot of time with him while I was working at Garnet Gold over there. Shout out to them, Garnet Gold. But, you know, just always treat everybody so nicely. And, you know, I remember being there before the Virginia Tech game. We actually lost power inside of the shop that we were in. I was doing social for them and pictures. And, you know, it was hot. It was hot on that Virginia Tech game. It was like nasty out. It was raining about an hour before kickoff. And, you know, he could have easily left, but he stayed three hours there doing autographs that entire time. And, you know, I've had experiences with him before. Definitely when I was little at his camps, he'd have me on his lap. I'd be there. Uh, you know, he'd be telling me a few things. How, how's everything going? How's school going? How's life? And, you know, always treated me just like a son, like a little son. And he was I, I definitely, I think for a lot of people that interact with him, definitely in my age, feels like you kind of like lost another grandfather. And but the crazy thing is my grandfather was actually really close with Bowden. Um, and my grandfather actually was one of the, one of the people that actually hired coach Bowden. That's one of the funny things that my family always kid about. And it always brought up during reunions is uh, about my grandfather. He worked right in where the clock is on the side of Doe Campbell stadium. He was the president of hires at Florida state and, his biggest hire, most certainly, I think it was a pretty good one with uh, Bowden. So, you know, I, I just heard, you know, I spend most of Sunday and I think the rest of our staff did here, you know, uh, we could have jumped on here and did like an instant reaction to everything and put out something. But I think, it, you know, at least I wanted our staff to kind of just uh, mourn a little bit. I mean, that, that was that's such a huge loss for Tallahassee alone, but just really... I mean, this is this is what Bill. We want to be here talking about Florida State like this. We we really wouldn't. And I, I think it was important just to kind of sit back. I was able to go on Facebook, Twitter, and kind of just sit back and had a few tears here and there. And then I'd watch some funny Bobby Bowden commercials that he's done or funny little snippets here and there. But you know, it, just such a tough loss here for a lot of the community in Tallahassee. He's done so much here, and he was so genuine. I mean. As a kid, you could jump around uh, to the neighborhood that he lived in, go around back, leave a package there. He'd sign it. And then by the next morning, you'd be able to pick it up with a note saying, thank you, son. Hope you're doing good. That's just who he was. And, you know, for his college football as a whole, lost a legend, but more importantly, a great man. I mean, he meant so much to generation before us. I mean, Nate would have been perfect. To, I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks yeah. ago when it was first announced. But he just meant so much to the generation ahead of us. Set up so much, not just for Florida State, but for college football in general. Um, you know, we woke up Sunday morning to it. I, I, I kind of had a feeling a lot of people were going to be crying. Um, a lot of people were going to be upset. But at least we got a couple weeks to prepare. There, there's never going to be another Bobby Bowden, a guy who's going to go to a program, build it from the ground up like he did, playing anybody anywhere. That's never going to happen again. He he turned Florida State into a national powerhouse in 20 years. That, that's that's not going to happen again. 14 top fives in a row is not going to happen again. No. And and had he had the playoffs, he's probably looking at four national championships instead of two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the NCAA needs to give him his wins back so he can get back to being the winningest coach of all time. I think it's only right. 
Um, and, and it was also cool to see, you know, on Sunday, ACC Network say, hey, here's all of Bobby's best games. You know, they're playing the Michigan game from 91, you know, the Bowden Bowl against Clemson, both the national titles. It, it, that's that's all my mom did on Sunday was she just watched all these old ba- Bobby Bowden games. That, you know, she was a student during the early 90s. So all those early 93 games, you know, she, she was there at those games and she was able to relive them. I think that's that, that's something that a lot of fans were able to reflect on. And yeah, it's yeah, it's sad losing one of the greatest men of all time, not just greatest coaches, one of the greatest men of all time. But a lot of people would reflect, and a, a lot of good came from Bobby's life. Yeah, I mean, and and you guys pretty much nailed it on the head. You know, Bobby Bowden is and was Florida State, and you know, I think with his loss, there's always going to be a piece, you know, that was missing. You're never going to be able to replace Bobby Bowden. And I mean, there's just never going to be really a, another coach like him. And I, I just think, you know, throughout his whole journey, you know, he never, he never switched up. He was all, he always stayed that humble man from small town beginnings and he brightened up every room he was in, listened to everybody. Like, you know, they were his son or his daughter, or his family member, and, you know, just treated everybody right and with respect and, you see that outpouring of love from Seminole Nation on social media, and it just shows how much he meant to to each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's there's so many stories, not just from former players. Like you know, you see Buster Davis, you see Peter Warwick, you see Chris Ricks. I mean, you see so many names that you probably haven't thought of. I mean, when was the last time someone thought about Buster Davis? No offense, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, been, it's been a minute because he, he's not out there vocally like he like he used to be. And then not just former players, but for, like former coaches across college football. I mean, not just guys he played against, like Steve Spurrier. I mean, you see Jimbo, you see Dabo, you, you see so many coaches. David Cutcliffe. I mean, there's just so many coaches pouring out their respect. You yeah. have even tweeted out something yeah. as well. Miami, Miami did. Urban Meyer. Yeah, Urban said something at a press conference. Dabo. Just, just so much respect across, not not even college football, just football in general. Mm-hmm. He, he had so he had such an impact on so many different people. Just everyone he came across will only say something good about him, and that, that's rare. That's really rare. Yeah, it's not teams don't get built like this anymore. Just of true love and passion. I feel like James Coleman talked about on the Mark Rogers show, and you know you, you're just never going to see that again of a guy going inside, you know, a parent's home like that and just feeling like genuine about it. And that's just who Bobby Bowden was. And he was most certainly the key factor in what Florida state is that, that is Florida state went by this stadium. I believe just a couple, I was there a couple days ago and got to see all the flowers there on Tuesday under a statue. And you just have that presence now and that feeling, and it's going to be rough on September 5th, you know, when Florida state's open, going to open up the season against Notre Dame. Those were some of the biggest games for Bobby Bowden, but you know, he's going to be looking down, but it's going to be very emotional. That is going to be a roller coaster of emotions for FSU fans overall that, you know, that whole entire day, even at tailgating, you know, everybody's been talking about Bobby, but you know, when that video video board starts and it shows a tribute to Bobby, I mean, either I'm going to have to get the, the tears out before the game. Let me get them out before. I don't know if I can do it at the halftime. Like I just need to get it in and out. I got to, I got to get it done with early, quick as possible because it, it's just, it's going to be a tough time. But, you know, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk about Bobby, I'm sure, for the next sh- forever. You know, I, like I said, he, we wouldn't have a 
anywhere to sit in the stadium if it wasn't for him. He, he built that place. So um, thoughts also to Miss Ann um, because she was the number one partner through all of this. She had to go through everything to help build this this stadium slash university and help the community here in Tallahassee. And, you know, she's, she was also one of the nicest ladies too. And thinking a lot about her and the rest of the family uh, with the Bowdens. And I, I don't know if there's a way, I don't know if she'll be able to, able to, or up to do it, but if there's a way she could plant the spear, I know I saw some fans mention it. Uh, that yeah. place would go insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's when I'd lose it. It'd be like more, that'd be emotional slash just ready to run through a wall. Yeah. And that team would be fired up too, and Norvell and you know, that, that team already is going to want to perform big time for them. And, you know, you see, you see a little bit about and kind of with Norvell, there's never going to be another about him, but you see a little bit of it, you know, kind of allowing this media to get in there a little bit more and see stuff going on, you know, trying to be open now. And that's something about used to do. Um, but overall, we'll never, we'll never see another one. So it's just, uh, you know, lots of thoughts and prayers to the Bowden family. And while we're here, you know, this isn't Bobby Bowden related, but I just wanted to say, um, sending my thoughts and prayers out to Mark Cook and his family. Um, Mark unexpectedly and tragically passed away earlier today. And he was actually, he covered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for Pewter Report for, the longest time ever and had recently stepped away from that job. And he actually, he gave me some advice um, whenever I was starting off my, my career kind of here with no game day and over time a little bit. And, you know, he's another guy, just um, a lot of outpouring of love and support from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, from that community and from, from that whole area. And so, yeah, I just want to bring that up. That was a very sad to get that news today. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely go in and end off this podcast. Gentlemen, if there's anything else that you want to let out there, you think that's pretty good to wrap it up. That's all, yeah. got. all we got. Yeah, I think that was great to finish off there, giving respects to both of those wonderful people. Wonderful people. Uh, before we jump off here, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button or hit subscribe. You'll be notified every time we release a new video or when we do go live. We will be going live with Lonnie Pryor next week. Uh, the booster event lasts a little bit longer, so I don't want to keep it keep everybody on here too late. So we'll just start that next week and can't wait to hear some I'm sure it will be some great stories with Bobby Bowden. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time there with Lonnie talking about uh, the best of all time, in my opinion. I want to mention here real quick, too. We mentioned the news earlier about Proud, Proud 90, our new sponsor, our first sponsor on the show. Very excited to work with them. Uh, shout out to Rick and also Matt, too. I think this is going to be a really fun partnership. We'll be wearing the polos next week on the show. They're extremely comfortable. I haven't had one on yet, but just looking at some of the things that they've sent us and also looking on their socials, it looks extremely comfortable. So that link is down below. And actually you can click that link and use it right now. And as long as you use uh, that link, you'll be able to receive 20% off all of the proud 90 polos Given a great deal for you guys. I think y'all like a lot more when we're wearing them, but just kind of wanted to give y'all a little introduction to them. They're going to be a big time 
uh, partner with us to start off this season. And two great guys, young company, two two former Knowles, too, at Florida State University. So really cool thing here to work with them and tag team. And it's going to be really exciting, too. And uh, I'm stoked. So... Uh, With that being said, gentlemen, everybody, hope y'all have a great rest of y'all's week. We will see y'all. Who knows? It might be next Wednesday. It might be next Thursday. We will see. We're getting ready to get ready to change our schedule for the upcoming season and game plan for that. But uh, appreciate everybody listening, and we will see you guys next week on Hear the Spear. See ya.